At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. We've got a great show for you today. It's a game day edition. Hornets getting set to take on the Washington Wizards. We'll give you a preview of that matchup. We also want to talk power rankings. Hornets have been on a little bit of a roller coaster in those. They've been up, they've been down. Five-game losing streaks followed by three-game win streaks. We'll do that for you. Where do the Hornets sit right now in the power rankings? And more importantly, where should they be? And finally, we're going to continue to dissect that big win over the Golden State Warriors with one of the guys who got to call it. I have the pleasure and privilege of calling these games, but I really have the pleasure and privilege of getting to sit nearby and learn from a Hall of Fame voice in my book, the great play-by-play broadcaster on Bally Sports Southeast of your Charlotte Hornets, Eric Collins, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Without further ado, we welcome in the voice of the Charlotte Hornets, Eric Collins. You hear him each and every game on Bally Sports Southeast alongside Del Curry and, of course, Ashley Shamity. And Eric, kind enough to join us once again here on the Hornets Hivecast. How are you, Eric? Hey, Sam. I'm doing great. But I hate to do this just to start off, but I'm going to have to correct you. It's the TV voice of the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, I've been walking around town lately, and there have been quite a few people who have come up to me and said, that Sam Farber guy seems to be crushing it. So you're the radio voice, I'm the TV voice. We're going to share the voice for now, okay? That is very kind of you. That is very, very kind of them. I swear, I get mistaken at least a couple of times because they'll, they'll ask, hey, what do you do here? I'm like, oh, I'm the play-by-play person. Oh, we love you next to them. I'm like, ah, I think you love Eric, as you should. But it, it's a great time to uh, be calling these games and a lot of fun to get to work next to you and learn from you and just been uh, such a blessing to me. But let's talk Hornets. Let's talk about this team. They're on a three-game win streak 
right now getting ready for Washington tonight. We'll, of course, talk about that game a little bit later. But they're coming off arguably the biggest win of the season, taking down a Golden State team that up until the other day had not been beaten in regulation. What are your takeaways from the tear the Hornets have been on lately? I'm just ecstatic. I think that, you know, particularly in the NBA, when you're really closely associated with the team, you tend to overreact a little bit. And I was so excited about the way the Hornets began their season. And then to have that lull on the trip out west, this winning streak is much needed. You know, I think we always overreact to losses and probably overreact to wins as well. But I think James Borrego said it beautifully. You know, it's like we played some really good teams. And for the most part, we played well out west. But when we lost those first four games of the road trip, yeah, there's a lot of teams that are going to lose those games. But it was nice to see the Hornets kind of get themselves back up and going again. And the win against Golden State was icing on the cake because Golden State, they've got that mojo going on. And then that crowd and Spectrum Center was into it. And I thought that everyone just deserved to have that type of experience. And uh, it was fun. I, it, both sides of the ball. To hold that Warrior team down the way that we did in the fourth quarter was immense. Um, the way to get stops and scores in the fourth quarter like the Hornets did a year ago with Terry Rozier kind of taking uh, the reins and the responsibility. I just love the style of the victory. I loved everything about it. It was fantastic and just what everyone needed. You touched on the atmosphere inside Spectrum Center. This is my first season calling games with fans in the stands as well. (laughs) Does this compare to anything that you've experienced in your time as the Hornets play-by-play broadcaster? Well, my first year was 2015-16, and that was the last year that the Hornets made the playoffs. And, yeah, it's pretty cool. But I go even further back than that. I'm telling you, Sam, uh, if you can go back to the Wayback Machine, back in the 90s, man, the Charlotte Coliseum was it. It was the venue in the NBA. And uh, we're not quite there yet. You know, I think that the Hornets, we still need to be a couple more people believers because some people fell off the bandwagon at some point during the last 20 years. But they're going to climb back on. And Charlotteans, man, they know how to party, man. I saw it firsthand when they had that 25,000-seat barn, just a huge coliseum, and it was sold out. One of the league in attendance, that seven out of nine years. It was crazy. So the potential is there to get even wilder than what we saw a couple of days ago against the Warriors. Tickets available now at Hornets.com. You definitely want to see this exciting team, and they provide 48 minutes each and every night of entertainment. Going back to that win over the Warriors. Terry Rozier said something after the game that I, I thought was pretty important about the significance of that W and, and who it came against. Playing the number one team uh, in the league and, you know, come out to get the win. But, you know, that's just a lot for our, our team and, you know, where we're heading. You know, we're trying, we're trying to go places. We're trying to get our organization like theirs. You know, this, this is a great step to what we, what we want to do. Terry has definitely taken the reins of a leadership role for this franchise, and I thought it was important for him to point out that it's not just beating the Warriors, it's showing that you belong on this type of stage and in this class of team and want to be in that type of organization. Hornets have now beaten Golden State, only team to do so in regulation so far this year, and they beat Brooklyn in Brooklyn. What does that say about where this team is headed right now? You know what, I, I love the fact that, you know, Terry used the word organization, and you did as well, because that's what Golden State has become. About five years ago, no. They had Kevin Durant helicopter in. They were a super team. But they're back to being a well-run organization. You look at the roster and the guys that played, obviously they've got an otherworldly talent in Steph Curry that they developed on their own. You know, they found, they drafted him as a lottery pick, and they have built their team around him. 
the Hornets may have found that guy as well. I'm not going to say he's going to be Steph's level, but LaMelo Ball is on that trajectory. You know, the Hornets think that they have found a guy who has the potential to be a needle-moving star. Now, around Steph Curry, you got a second-round pick in Draymond Green, which is obviously a smart organizational decision. you got guys picked up in a trade like Andrew Wiggins. Then you got draft choices late in the draft like Jordan Poole and Kevon Looney um, and other scrap heap guys like Gary Payton and Damian Lee. The Hornets can do that, and I think that we're on the path to seeing that. You know, the Hornets have a guy who they believe to be a star in the metal ball, maybe another star in Miles Bridges. you got super, super, super steady top-shelf veterans in Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, and the Hornets are now starting to develop those other pieces. Cody Martin, Jalen McDaniels, guys coming in off the bench, coming in in that mix. That's what organizations do. You know, you find core guys, and then you build around that. And for the first time since I've been around, you know, the Hornets just – I'm so impressed with the way the organization is not only finding guys but developing guys and now putting them in a position to succeed. So I, I really think that, that Terry hit the nail right in the head. You know, organizations move forward best and quickest um, when they're all going in the same direction. And it seems as if the Hornets are doing that right now. Mitch Kupchak in the front office staff, he, he just keeps uh, hitting home runs there in the front office with these fines and these picks, and then credit to James Borrego and his staff as well for the development side of it. And I, I agree with you. I think there's certainly a, a lot of uh, free agent frenzy every year. People want to know who's going where, what all-stars available. But when you look at teams that win championships, for the most part, Outside of LeBron James picking where he wants to go, it's the teams that have homegrown stars and maybe bring in a key free agent, a key piece here or there that are able to get over the hump. But for the most part, it's the guys that they've already developed themselves. Totally agree. And I just to go back to the Warriors again, that lineup that they had out last night, that was not great shape. You could make the argument that team just in a different circumstance with the talent of players that they had out there you know, at the end of an 82-game season, could be a 500 team. But the way that they play the game together, they've been together long enough to understand their style, both offensively and defensively. They feed off of each other. They know their roles. And they win games because of the continuity of the organization. So I think that that is a realistic goal for the Hornets to put themselves in that position to be seen as a team like the Warriors, who have organizational success from the top all the way down. Before we go on to our next segment, I want to ask you, because you are known throughout the NBA and throughout the sports landscape as one of the most exciting big play callers in the NBA and all around sports, what have been some of your most exciting moments from this season so far? Oh, this season. Well, I was really wrapped up in that Memphis game. You know, we'd been away from our families for a week and a half. I had lost four games all in California. And uh, with all the excitement early in the season, you know, I and I think a lot of Hornets fans are just kind of desperate to smile again. And I really liked that second half in Memphis when Miles Bridges had kind of an out-of-nowhere dunk on a fine from, from Terry Rozier. That kind of got me really going. Sometimes instead of a game-winning shot, just something that happens out of the blue in the third quarter really kind of gets it for me. So off the top of my head, that would be it. The Miles Bridges alley-oop when he was off balance. Actually, at the time, I didn't want to go there just because of the college reference, but it really reminded me of a Grant Hill dunk in the Final Four back in like the early 90s when Duke was playing. I don't even know who it was, UNLV or whoever. But the pass was so off the mark, and Grant Hill was able to contort his body similar to the way that Miles Bridges did it on Wednesday in Memphis. So that was my big moment of the year, was the Miles moment 
And more often than not, it's generally my favorite moments are when Miles is doing something. Because Miles, you can kind of predict when it's going to happen. You know, Miles kind of puts his head down, and you can tell that he's coiling himself up to do something dynamic. I haven't still figured out what LaMelo is going to do something crazy because it kind of just comes out of nowhere. He throws passes from weird angles at different spots on the floor. He'll dunk when I don't expect him to because generally he'll lay it in or have a finger roll. So maybe you have a better read on, on LaMelo ball than I do, but uh, I love it. I love to be surprised during a broadcast, but I never really get what I feel is a huge call with LaMelo just because I'm just stunned at, at what I saw. He does come out of nowhere with everything he does. You, you can't you can't look down at any notes when Lamelo Ball is on the floor because someone will have scored inevitably the second you do. What I've a, learned the hard way. Yes, <laughs> no doubt about that. When you call a timeout, if I'm supposed to read a promo when we come back from a commercial break, or if I'm supposed to bring up some topic or whatever, inevitably I'll be in the middle of the story or reading something, looking down, and Lamelo will have thrown a three quarter court alley oop and I'll have missed it. So every I've time, the hard way. Every single time. One other moment that I thought might make your list, but I wasn't sure. I think it's the most exciting jump ball win I've ever seen in my life. But <laughs> Terry Rozier, 6-1, out-jumping Draymond Green to retain possession with less than 20 seconds left in that game against the Warriors. Where does that rank for you on this season? For And I would imagine for a play that didn't involve scoring or blocking someone might be at the top of the list. You're totally right. That was the game changer. No doubt about it. I, I never would have recalled that, so thank you for reminding it. But that was just a glorious point of the game the other day. I loved it. Moments like that, when the unexpected happens, I think it's just great. But for you and I, you know, and the Hornets fans with a discerning eye and a discerning ear, I, I don't think we should be that shocked because Terry is so competitive. And he's also got the athletic ability to go with it. And the Hornets needed that jump like they needed oxygen. And I, you kind of saw that there was a chance that it was going to happen. And when it did, yeah, that was fantastic. That was definitely memorable. A lot of great moments have already happened. Many more are coming around the corner. Hornets.com for all your tickets. we got more with Eric Collins coming up. We're going to talk power rankings. The NBA.com and ESPN power rankings are out. Where does Eric Collins think the Hornets belong in the NBA hierarchy? We'll ask him next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Cataracts made it hard to see clearly. Even movies were blurry. So I went to Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. Now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were. The doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times. See like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and the television play-by-play voice of the Charlotte Hornets, Eric Collins, here with you on the HHC. I'm putting television in because he told me I should, so I, I will defer to what my elders tell me what to do. Eric Collins back with us again. And Eric, the power rankings have come out from both NBA.com as well as ESPN. I'm not sure if you've looked at them or not, but I'm, I'm not going to give you the number right off the bat. I want to ask you where do you think the Hornets should be at this stage coming off three straight wins right off the back of five straight losses? Where do you think they should be in terms of power rankings one through 30? Well, the Hornets eight and seven on the year. I really like when they play well, it's just it's a thing to behold. And I, I think it's sustainable. People keep calling this a young team. It's not that young of a team. Yeah, LaMelo's young and Miles is only 23 and P.J. Washington is in his third year. But you get guys who have won games in the playoffs and Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. And I think that's a huge difference come late game and come late in the season. That's why I think this is really sustainable. So I'm going to go 
I think the ceiling is really high. But right now, I think I would put the Hornets in the low teens. I would go 12, 13. But I think that they could be right now a top 10 team in the NBA, maybe even more significant than that. I'm just a believer in the style of play and the level of talent and this time and place for this organization. I think the time is now. You know, some teams that have flatlined, some teams that are, their window's closing, some teams have peaked. I think that the Hornets are ticking up. So I'm, I got a 12 right now in my top 30 NBA rankings. I like it. Just uh, the frame of reference, ESPN put the Hornets at number 16, NBA.com at number 14, and they've been on quite the roller coaster with Charlotte. Uh, Two weeks ago, the Hornets were number 11. Then they lost five in a row, and they were dropped to 21. Now they're back up to 14, so yo-yoing all over the standings. But as I like to do with this kind of topic, because you know there's a lot of uh, sports fans or sports talk show hosts out there who will say, oh, you know, let, let's do our top 10 players of all time, our Mount Rushmore, and all of a sudden there's 50 people on it. And that, that doesn't really drive. So I like to put the question, you said that the Hornets should be 12 or 13, which is a little higher than the NBA.com one. So I'm going to give you the three teams directly ahead of the Hornets, and you tell me which one do you think the Hornets most should be ahead of to try and bump someone off that another publication has put out there. So, number 11 was the 76ers, 12 was Dallas, 13 was the LA Lakers. You don't have to knock them all off, but is there one that you would make a strong argument that the Hornets have clearly demonstrated at this stage should be higher in the power rankings? I doubt. They got their one star, but Doncic, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt, but I like the totality of the Hornets club long-term way better than the Dallas Mavericks this year. So, yeah, I would definitely, I got no quibble with that. And the Lakers, obviously, it all dependent on, on LeBron James. If LeBron James comes back, yes, no doubt about it. They're a top-five team in the NBA, maybe even a front-runner to win it all. But without him, very average. And when you look at all three of those teams that are ahead of the Hornets, one thing that is significant to me, and I've been harping on it for about a week here, is they've all had a much more balanced, if not a more home-heavy schedule to this point. Philadelphia is 4-2 and two on the road. The Dallas Mavericks, they have gone 3-3 three and three on the road, 6-1 and one at home. The Lakers, 7-5 and five at home, 1-2 and two on the road. They've been a very home-favorable schedule. And it's all going to even out in the end, but the fact that the Hornets to this point in time, as we record this podcast, have played more road games than anyone else in the NBA, I think is significant. The fact that, as we record this right now, it's on the second off day in a row, which is the first time all season this has happened. They've had the least rest, they've had the least home games of anyone in the NBA, and yet are still right in the thick of it. Totally agree. Yeah, I, it's all going to even out, and the Lakers are going to have to go on the road at some point, and the Mavericks are going to have to play a team besides San Antonio at some point. I think they're already 3-0 and against the Spurs. So, yeah, I think that the, the way that the Hornets have had their hard, long road trip, and they're going to have the, the second long, hard road trip before Christmas. After Christmas, the Hornets are never going to be on the road for more than three days at a time. My wife knows that intimately. Mine does, <laughs> too. That part of the schedule. <laughs> So once we turn the calendar, it's you, know, you still got to win the games, but it is significantly easier part of the schedule than we've had for the first part. And I think, you know, obviously things are going to change. I don't think that, you know, Milwaukee is going to stay down forever. You know, they currently have a worse record than the Hornets. But I'm just looking at the teams in the East that are currently on top of the Hornets. Washington's got the best record in the East. We haven't seen them yet. I need to see it to believe it. You know, in years past, the Hornets were toe-to-toe with the Wizards, and we'll see. I love Cleveland. I'm from Cleveland, and I want to see the Cavs be successful. 
but I'm not a total believer just yet. From what I saw, the Knicks, the Knicks are currently on top of the Hornets in the East. Nope, I don't believe it. The Hornets, you know, beat them head to head, and I, I don't like the, the Knicks talent in comparison to the Hornets talent. So I think this is totally sustainable for the Hornets in the Eastern Conference. You know, I'm, I'm thinking top six. That would be great as a finishing spot, and uh, I think that's totally doable. Well, that Wizards team, uh, we're going to get a chance to see them tonight as the Hornets take on uh, Washington. We'll preview that contest next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. I told Mace I, I started doing jump ball from home. Terry Rozier, after the win over the Golden State Warriors, talking about the tip that he won against Draymond Green. Uh, maybe we should expect to see him in the center circle tonight to tip things off against the Wizards. That's the matchup, 7 p.m. tip-off time. And you can, of course, join us at the Hive Spectrum Center. Tickets available at Hornets.com. But if you can't join us there, you can always tune in on the Hornets radio network and watch the game on Bally Sports Southeast with the great Eric Collins, voice of the Charlotte Hornets on on the call. Eric, uh, do you think we will see Terry in the center circle tonight for tip-off? <laughs> uh, I don't think to start the game. But if he ever gets tied up with literally anyone on the floor, maybe with the exception of Daniel Gafford, um, I'm taking him because he is my guy for the quick jumps and the long arms and the athletic ability, and more importantly, just the desire, man, to want to. It, it was one of the incredible plays, incredible moments of that game. A big win for the Hornets over the Warriors, and now keeping some momentum against the Wizards, but Washington with some momentum as well. They've won five in a row. They did have to come back from down 17 and have to beat a two-win Pelicans team in their last game, uh, but this is a good Wizards team, and, and not surprising to me, Eric, that they have won 10 out of a 13-game stretch. It is surprising they won the 10 out of the first 13 because this is a squad that is still getting used to each other. They make the big trade. Russell Westbrook goes to L.A. They bring in a group of players that, in theory, know how to play with one another. Then they join another young core that, in theory, knows how to play with one another. And they bring in Spencer Dinwiddie, who knows how to play. But none of these guys have played together before this season, and you've got a new head coach. How, why is this working so quickly? Yeah, it's crazy. I, I guess, I don't know. When you have a first-year head coach in West Unseld to take a team, and with, like you mentioned, Kuzma and Kentavious Caldwell-Pope and Montrez Harrell and just trying to meld them all in with Bradley Beal and having a Spencer Didwitty coming back from injury, yeah, good luck with that. I, I'm absolutely stunned. You know, they weren't on a radar. And about a week ago, I, you know, I look at the schedule from one week to the next. And last week, I started looking ahead and saying, okay, well, we're ready for, for Washington. What do we got here? And just figured I'd look at their record and see that they're limping along. And when they weren't, I was like, what? And then this past weekend, including Monday, they won games without Bradley Beal. You know, he's out for personal reasons. I think he's expected to play against the Hornets. But, yeah, I don't know what's there. You know, it'll be really interesting to see because they're not nearly going to be, you know, on this pace at the end of the season. They're going to come back to the pack. And these are important games. And if the Hornets can can have success over the Wizards, obviously that's a two-game swing every single time you play. But uh, 
they play defense now. I guess that's the main story. You know, the Wizards for years were just a bunch of matadors, man, a bunch of turnstiles, and they give up 130 points, and sometimes they'd hope to score 131, but that didn't happen as often as they would have liked. But this year, for some reason, they're playing defense. I think that they're a top-five team with defensive rating, which is, is absolutely stunning. Um, I never thought of Bradley Beal and Spencer Dinwiddie as being really defensive-minded guys. And they're, your, they're your two stars, but clearly they bought in and they are playing good defense, but we'll see if it's sustainable. Um, I, I can't wait to, to get it done because it's one of my favorite franchises. I think the Wizards need to have some kind of success. They've always just kind of been blah for the last 30 years, um, but it would be nice for them to be good and to have like a legitimate rivalry between the Hornets and the Wizards. Why not? It's kind of a, a natural geographic thing and, we're in the same division, so it would be nice if they were good, but just not so good on Wednesday night. Agreed, agreed, and I agree wholeheartedly on the defense as well. That's what stuck out to me. Five straight games holding the opposition to 100 points or less, and and yeah, there's New Orleans and Orlando in there, two teams that are struggling to figure it out, but there's also Memphis and Milwaukee and a good Cleveland team that Washington was able to beat on the road so that definitely stands out you touched on Bradley Beal he has been out the last couple of games for personal reasons we'll see uh, if he's able to go I'm always hoping for everyone to be as healthy as they can because the fans deserve to see the best in the game play each and every night and so you're, you're hoping for good news the other thing that sticks out to me about this Washington team is just how deep they are last year for good reason they were based almost exclusively around Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook two of the best players in this era or any era of basketball. Now they seem to be a lot deeper. Montrez Harrell continues to be a, a, a phenom off the bench. Uh, you've got Denny Avdia who's starting to grow into his role. Davis Bertans is playing a little bit better. Raul Neto is playing a little bit better. So this Washington team, it might not be the starting unit that the Hornets have to worry about. It might be the secondary group that comes in and how the Hornets bench holds up against them. Yeah, we'll see. They're deep. Lord knows that. You know, we didn't mention Rui Hachimura. He's kind of a big part of what they're doing going forward. He had not played a game so far this year. Thomas Bryant is one of their center bigs that they really loved in years past. He's destroyed the Hornets. He hasn't played a game this year. So maybe there is something there. No matter what they bring, though, with the electricity and with the environment that the Hornets have had in Spectrum Center so far in this homestand, though, I don't, it's not going to be enough. I'm telling you, man, the Hornets are playing good ball. And people in this area are starting to figure it out. So we get another 19,000, and Terry Rozier keeps that roll going like he had a couple of nights ago against the Warriors. Good luck to those Wizards, man. Welcome to Charlotte, but you're going to get a beat down, man. You're getting excited here, Sam. It's going to be a fun one to watch. The environment is definitely something special, and one thing I, I really love about watching games back on Valley Sports Southeast, and something you told me about uh, last season when we couldn't have fans in the stands, how it was our responsibility as the announcers to bring that energy and, and bring fans in. Uh, now they're bringing that energy to us, and it's just something special. So if you can make it to the game, Hornets.com, get your tickets. We'd love to have another packed hive again at Spectrum Center, but if you can't, that energy is always there with Eric Collins on the Call on Valley Sports Southeast. Eric, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam, thank you for having me. You're my guy. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. A reminder, we will have another edition of the Hornets Hivecast tomorrow, breaking down tonight's game against the Washington Wizards. Till then, for my guests, the play-by-play voice of the Charlotte Hornets, Eric Collins, our producer Rob Longo, and everyone here. I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast.
Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.